Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Wednesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, I am answering one of your questions texted into the podcast phone line about anger. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that I'm writing this from the Harold Washington Library in Chicago in one of the most beautiful rooms I have ever seen. It's a glass ceiling with lots of greenery and marble, and there's trees in here. It is absolutely heaven. I also was a little nervous they weren't going to let me bring my coffee in, but I made eye contact and said hello to several security guards and none of them seemed to mind. I even listened to one man who works here tell me stories of how the light changes based on the seasons, and he showed me photos of the room at different times of day and his granddaughter's dance recital, and he didn't say anything about the coffee. So I think we're in the clear and I get to just enjoy working here, sipping on my coffee, having a grand old time. My thorn is that teenagers make me nervous. There's a large group of teenagers across the room and they scare me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but teenagers are scary. I, I just feel like they're going to make fun of my shoes or something. My bud is that I head home tomorrow. I have a really easy flight day and should be home by noon. I'm just excited to jump back into regular life. Okay, friends, let's hear from today's caller. It says, hi, Sarah Jane. I'm a longtime listener and have always wanted to text in. Thank you for your work. It has helped me to think of myself in a much more loving and positive way instead of envying everyone else's success, feeling like I should have it too, which is a really good transition into I am a social four with a dominant five wing. I'm also a full-time teacher, husband, and father of four littles. I fully understand and feel that fours have access to a wide range of emotions, but I find that I have much easier access to some than others. Specifically, I find that I have really easy access to anger in the form of frustration, which is not one I have really heard when listening to other fours. My frustration tends to come out easiest with my older kids, especially when they make choices that we both know they shouldn't be making. I don't want to use my type as an excuse. Since I know that fours move to one as a growth type, I've wondered whether my easy frustration may be owing to moving to the low side of type one. I know you have had your episodes on going to the low side of your growth number and on gentle parenting. I was wondering if you had any tips for working on moving out of the low side of your growth number and also on compassionate parenting based on Enneagram type. Thanks again. First of all, thank you so much for listening and for taking the time to send in a question. 
I love this question so much and it shows your love for your kids so fully. I think often we think that being a good parent is about not making mistakes or not feeling bad things, but it's really about figuring out how to do better next time. And I think that's what you're doing here. I think the easier access to frustration could definitely be accessing the lower side of the move to one. It could also be the emotion that you societally or maybe in your family were allowed to show the most. Men especially are allowed to show anger freely, but showing the more vulnerable emotions underneath anger is not always allowed or even culturally comfortable. With that in mind, I have several things that I would love to pass along to you, and maybe at least one of them will resonate. They're kind of a mixed bag here. Number one, I think find the emotion underneath your anger. So I hear you saying it comes out most when your kids don't do what they should do. That's an interesting phrase to me. It it makes me curious if there's something there that you feel you weren't or aren't allowed to do. And where did that come from? Have you experienced shame around that thing? So for example, I often struggle with my kiddo having big negative emotions because I don't allow myself the space to do that. So maybe your kiddos aren't keeping their room clean as an example and you feel frustrated, but what may actually be happening is you have one of your parents' voices in your head telling you that you're not raising good kids because you let them have messy rooms. Or maybe you were shamed for having a messy room. Obviously, I have no idea the seriousness of what they are supposed to be doing, but I'm curious if it reminds you of something from your childhood. If that's the case, then it seems like this may be a trigger for you, and it is bringing up emotions that are old and placing them onto the present moment. If that's the case, I have a journaling practice that went live in this past Monday's episode that I think would be really helpful to walk through. It basically takes you from the moment of being triggered to understanding where this comes from and kind of separating the past from the present. Second, on the parenting side of things, have you asked them why they do the things they do? I think that's really the crux of compassionate parenting is asking questions. What's on their mind when it happens? Sometimes my first experience with my kid is to assume ill intent, only to learn through asking questions, especially curious and non-judgmental questions, that it's much more innocent than what I'm thinking and has a problem that can be easily solved. I remember so often feeling misunderstood as a kid as well when teachers would think the worst of me. An example is that in eighth grade, I had this teacher send me to ISS, which is in-school suspension, because She sent me on an errand and I took too long coming back. But what she didn't know is that I was being bullied in the class like horribly. My stepfather was in the deepest bits of a crack cocaine addiction. And this running of an errand gave me just a few minutes where I was alone and I was safe. And I did walk slowly, but I wasn't doing anything nefarious. I just needed a break. If she would have asked, I could have apologized and told her where I was coming from. And we could have worked on a solution that worked for both of us. But because she assumed the worst, I hated her and she hated me until I literally moved states to live with my grandparents. I tell you that to say that being curious about why they are doing what they are doing, it it could surprise you and it could have an easy solution that works for both of you. Okay, number three, are you tired and stressed? 
that sounds like the beginning of an infomercial, but I hear the low side of one in this for sure. And I hear the low side of two. The should word is very strong for both of those types. That being said, when we are operating at the lower end of the lines from our type, I tend to ask myself, what do I need? This ease of frustration comes to us sometimes just out of sheer exhaustion. In things like, am I hungry? Am I tired? Am I learning something new right now that's making it hard for me to process more information? Am I overworked? Am I underheard? What do you need in your life in order to have more space when these experiences arise? I It sounds like with a full-time job and four kids, like you're probably tired. M- most of us would be. So how can you work together with your spouse to find a way for both of you to get what you need each week in order to have more internal space for each other and the little ones? Okay, number four. Fours often struggle with shame. It's a core tenet of the type structure, and men especially can display feelings of shame as anger or frustration. I'm curious if there's something in that for you. Like, what do you need to believe about yourself in order for these scenarios to not be so charged? Does it bring up feelings of being a bad parent? Like, do you need to know that you're a good parent? And I can tell you that you are because you're asking these questions that only good parents ask. Explore the possibility of shame and work on loving yourself with your flaws included. It's really easy to like our strengths, right? We've talked about this before. It's easy to like ourselves when we're at our best. It's integral to self-acceptance that we like ourselves at the worst. Not in spite of our flaws, but your strengths along with your flaws. Because that's what unconditional love means. If we love ourselves conditionally, that sensation of love can come and go. But if we embrace ourselves in our lightest and our darkest and really understand that we're all worthy of love when we're at our best and when we're at our worst, then there's a lot more safety internally that allows for these fears to come and go instead of having to shut them up with anger or express them through frustration. We can kind of breathe through the sensation, speak loving words back to ourselves, right? So we kind of, I have this thought of like, I'm a bad parent, not saying that that's yours, but let's just, I'm putting it there as a placeholder for whatever story could be there. I'm a bad parent. Whoa, catch that. I hear that. Here's some evidence that that's not true. You're okay, you are loved, you're doing your best, and here's what I know that I can do better next time. It's that, it, that's all it is, right? All right, number five, finally, is really just frustration happens. It's part of life. It will probably always be here. So there's no need to be hard on yourself about it or hard on any of ourselves about it. It's just here, and it's information about something that doesn't feel good to us whether that's something that's right now or something from the past that right now is reminding us of. With that in mind, things that can help me as a pretty frustration-prone person myself, number one, meditation. It slows down my thoughts, my feelings, and my reactions and kind of creates space between them so that there's just a slower process there. Second is noticing if you're an internalizer or an externalizer Meaning when something happens, do you tend to blame yourself or do you tend to blame other people? 
Either way, what we need to do is look for the positive. So if you're an internalizer and you tend to blame yourself, when the sensation of frustration arises, pause and speak good things back into yourself. If you tend to be more of an externalizer and you look at other people and you see them as the problem, then look for the positive in them as well. Now, most of us are on some form of a spectrum. You know, sometimes we're going to blame ourselves. Sometimes we're going to blame others. That's more normal. So whichever one you're catching, you know, pour love back in. Third, just breathing and taking space. This has been the hardest one for me to accept. Sometimes for me, when I'm triggered and I'm in that frustrated state, I just need to walk away and I need to breathe and I need to be alone. And then I need to come back when I can have a constructive conversation. And it's not that hard. And it's really just brain chemicals. Like we get into fight or flight mode. There's nothing you can do there. You can't reason with that. You can't work with that. You need to calm down in order to have a relevant conversation. And so sometimes for me, I just need to step away, breathe, come back when I can have a constructive presence. And finally, honestly, I think it's about connecting to something bigger than ourselves. Maybe that's something mystical or holy. Maybe you're religious, maybe you're not. Um, for me, sometimes I'm all I'm all over the place when it comes to this. Every day is different. But also, oftentimes it's just, I would say I'm more of a humanist than anything. I'm just the beauty of humanity is awe-inspiring to me. And the idea that we all belong to one another, we're all part of one another. Um, holding on to that really helps me to think from a place of my higher self, like the version of me that can step outside of the present moment and kind of look at it objectively and pay attention to one, how unimportant most of the things are that we're worrying about. Like I get really weird about the fridge being clean and in the grand scheme of the universe, it's meaningless, right? It means literally nothing. If I have a dirty fridge, n nothing is impacted, barely anything. So that kind of being able to get into that space of like, what does my higher self want to do here? What does it see, think is important? Um, if higher self doesn't feel good to you, then maybe sometimes I'll do my older self, you know, like when I'm 60 or 70 or, um, you know, 80, I'll look back and, and will this be an important moment then? And that really helps me to kind of pick and choose when my frustration is something that needs to be heard in that moment. I know that I ran the gamut here and I just gave you, I really just gave you every thought that I had based off of your question. So I hope that it was supportive. Again, thank you so much for sending in a lovely question. It means the world to have your questions sent in. If you have Enneagram questions, you can always text or call them into 828-338-9127. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.